Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Somewhere between science and superstition. Such sights to show you. Strange eons. <laughs> Welcome to Strange Eons Radio. That's Eric Morgan over there. You know, it'd be a lot better if that something actually really funny had happened other just, than just just dead space. Yeah. Kind of forgot where I was. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back. I'm Kelly Young. <laughs> We are your hosts today. We're going to be talking about uh, psychological horror, but we've also got a bunch of other shit to talk about. Let me talk about this first, Eric. Have have I ever told you how low my self-esteem is? You don't have to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just give you another example of it then. Um, I have these lovely neighbors downstairs for me. Nice people. Is that the lady I almost ran into this morning? Okay. They seem very nice, and they have made it a point to use my name whenever they talk to me. Oh, wow. However, they think my name is Casey. And (laughs) I... Hold on, hold on. Is it at the bat? uh, And the sunshine bat? Neither, (laughs) nor... I So I've had a lot of neighbors in this place, and yeah. if somebody calls me the wrong name, I just generally let it go because they are in and out, and, and it's not worth it to say, oh, you know, there's sure. something in me that's like, I don't need to tell you what my name is. I don't feel important enough that you need to know my name, right? <laughs> right. But these guys have been here for two years now. Oh, wow. They call me Casey constantly. Hey, Casey. Great to see you, Casey. Casey. Uh, the other day, now, I was just like, you know. It's fine. And now it's gotten so long that if I tell them that, they're going to be like, why didn't you tell us two years ago, you fucking asshole? (laughs) So, um, New nickname, huh? (laughs) The other day, though, I come home and there's a little note on my door with the name Casey written on it. Okay. (laughs) Because they were telling me about some stuff that the the landlord had come in and had done this stuff and, and they wanted... He wanted them to let me know, don't use the plumbing as soon as I get home or something like that. And, and so they, they wrote a little note and taped it to my door, and it said <laughs> Casey on it. I'm like, shit, now I think I might have to change my name to Casey. <laughs> well, you often go by KL, so you just say, hey, yeah, K stands for uh, the... Hey, maybe I'll just tell them. They don't know what my mental name is. Well, they don't know what my first name is either, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I could just say, oh, sometimes I go by KC because my middle name is Cockknocker. Your mother was inventive. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like me. I am reading yes. a super fucking cool comic book right now that you are going to want to grab. Okay. It is brand new, and it's in like issue three of, I think, six and it is called Deceased, and it right. is from D.C., and so it is spelled D-C-E-A-S-A-E-D. Are they leading to another reworking of their entire this is, universe? This is like a, um, uh, what was their Elseworlds? This is like an Elseworlds oh, okay. story. Nice. It is kind of the D.C. version of Marvel Zombies. Okay. Apocalypse, oh, not Apocalypse, who's the... Um, Who's a dark side? Oh, okay. Dark side yeah. captures cyborg, brings him to Apocalypse, the planet that he's on, uh-huh. and needs to extract this kind of weird uh, formula. And it's a 
it's the anti-life formula, basically. It's going to destroy the universe. But as soon as he does it, Darkseid gets infected with it. And them trying to figure out how to stop the madness that's going on, they shoot cyborg back to earth he immediately goes online and this virus oh, turns into a a computer virus also a zombie virus so it's a it's a organic cyborg organic thing right. so anybody with a cell phone or a tv screen or anything is suddenly infected by this the world goes insane yeah. and it's up to the superheroes to try and stop it except that half the superheroes also go insane because they've got various screens and stuff like that. Man, it is cooler than shit. Wow. I wish that DC would stop with these these movies that need to be interconnected and all this stuff and just do some of the really great storylines that have that just happen to have superheroes in yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, it kind of seems like DC doesn't quite realize that what happened with Marvel eventually became very planned, but didn't really start out very planned. Right. They just realize, hey, now we can really do this. Let's go for it. And DC's trying to go from day one. Screw it. Let's just make an internet. No, don't make the world. Give us some really good stories. And if they interconnect later on, great. But until that time, just... They're doing... Again, they do it with TV just fine. Why can't they do it with films? <laughs> right. I mean, the, the Marvel Universe as we know it now, that interconnected thing, that happened... God, what was it? After Iron Man 3 or something least, like that? At least, yeah, a little ways into it. They would, you know, give those little um, hints of mm -hmm. other movies coming up, but there was, wasn't that big, huge reveal of, of Thanos. Right. Thanos. 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 Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't the big reveal of Thanos until late, you know, right. when he started doing his search for the, the uh, stones. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that, DC would have been fine with just making movies that kind of hinted at other characters, but didn't need to hint at a gigantic storyline coming off right. right at the bat, you know. Anyhow, this book, Deceased, you guys should Deceased. read it. It's fantastic. Nice. Okay. So you're saying that's a currently published mini-series or whatever? Yeah. Limited they're, series? They're up to issue three already. <laughs> I mean, so I'll probably end up getting it on well, so, collected edition. Yeah, and everything I do is digital now, so um, I'm getting the... The digital issues singly as they come along. You can buy the entire package, basically. You pre-purchase oh, so it. It'll oh. just auto-download when the next one is available. But you still pay the exact same price if you ordered them singly. Well, I've kind of got a cartoon show to start with. Let's hear I started it. Working, started watching. And I think your comments on it are helping me enjoy it more. Oh. Finally started watching Doom Patrol. Oh, Okay. And I'm only two, I'm also like two and a half or three episodes into that one now, too. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I was prepared for bad effects. They're not great. No. But luckily you said they're so bad that I'm like, oh, okay, well, they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never caught that that was Brendan Fraser underneath. <laughs> right. His voice, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they actually show him now. It's like, ooh, Brendan Fraser does not look like he used to. <laughs> yeah. I'm just happy to see him working. Yeah, he's doing a great job as the voice of that character. And the, the self-awareness is a nice touch where the lead villain guy, the guy from Firefly, right, uh, makes that comment, if you're still with us after the donkey fart. <laughs> Which is kind of how that comic series was, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're talking, is that Alan Tudyk? 
Is that who that is? Oh, the actor? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I like him. That oh, guy yeah. does some amazing voices. Did you ever see the uh, con show he did? No, with Nathan it Fillion? It is excellent. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, Nathan Fillion's only like in it briefly. It's him and another guy who I can't think of, but who's that kind of an actor who's been in a couple really good things, but is in tons and tons of stuff. Huh. Nathan Fillion makes an appearance or oh, two. Oh, okay. It is so, especially having any kind of insight into the back back workings of a convention and stuff it's a very enjoyable film i'll have <laughs> to check that series. one out i mean a good villain for that and i think that's a good choice to go with as uh, his role it's kind of i mean it's kind of a silly show yeah and oh, yeah. so the villain is kind of silly yep <laughs> um i need to get back to that because i still have i think two episodes oh, left on that to All watch right. so but you're enjoying it oh yeah good yep. I like it just for the same reason I like the segment during Titans. They did the right thing in that it was cast really well. Yeah. And they got a group of people that really work well together in a weird way. Because they're not supposed to actually get along. That's completely. true. I'm a little... I loved Titans. You know I loved yeah. Titans. And I'm really digging Swamp Thing. Yeah. Doom Patrol, I was a little lukewarm on. But sure. I wonder if they had gone with something... Maybe they were thinking we need something a little lighthearted since Titans was so dark and Swamp Thing is so dark. <laughs> yeah. But in that case, I think maybe a a solo superhero would have been a little more interesting. You know, maybe a Booster Gold or something like that. Oh, and Booster Gold would be so cool. Yeah. You know, something that we didn't rely on a ensemble cast. Right. Although I love uh, Timothy Dalton. It was such an inspired choice in Doom Patrol. I'm really loving that he's part of it. Yeah, he did it. He's he's great. And I like the cyborg. I like the toss out line he had where he's like, yeah, a couple years from now, they say I may be ready to try out for the Justice League. <laughs> I wish he didn't look so Halloween Put together, costume. Yeah, he's... Uh, that faceplate is so prevalent that I think they could have spent a little more time on it's, it. It's too much like the comic book, and so it looks like he is just wearing a mask. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it needed to be something different. You know, at least the Justice League version of Cyborg looks like, you know, there's a robot. Yeah, it know, looks so. more like a combination as opposed to parts added on. Yeah. yeah. Six million dollar Cyborg. Cool. Well, hey, man, I started watching Legion finally after you mentioned it. Without fail, that becomes my very favorite show when it's on. I just think it's so fucking bizarre. You know, if you love Twin Peaks, this is the natural progression of Twin Peaks. Damn. (laughs) I I just love this show so much. So I'm three episodes into it now. And yeah, you're right. That time travel shit has gotten (laughs) crazy now. Um, but of course, you know, first episode, a nice lengthy musical interlude, yeah, dance fair, segment, yeah. you know, because why wouldn't you? This is Legion. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. loved it. So I'm super glad that's on. Yeah, I got to catch up on that one. I watched that first one and then it's like, it's either two or three now sitting there waiting yeah. for me to watch gone. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I think they might be up to episode four now. Let's see. Any other TV? Not a lot. Of, well, you know, there's not a lot of TV on right now. I've got. As far as new stuff. I've got a lot of TV. Okay, well, keep going. Um, the Netflix TV series, The Dark, season two. Did you ever get into The Dark? No, I, I, you know what? It might just be called Dark, actually. Dark, I think it's just Dark. Yeah. Um, no. I think I tried to, but something was screwing up with my uh, Netflix at the time, and I could just get the dubbed, and it's not a good dub. So no, I, I mean, okay. it's not I horrible, though. The subtitle. 
I love this show. I love this show more than Stranger Things, if I'm being honest. It's, it's got a, a hint of that Stranger Things feel and that it's a bunch of kids and they're, um, one of the segments takes place in the mid-80s, but it's mid-80s Germany. Germany, so. So it's a little different. The kids are varying ages and there's a lot of, of adult stuff going on. It's basically a very twisty-turny time travel series that takes place in three different generations 33 years apart basically it's uh fuck i just love it and of course i wanted it to end because it looked like this season was going to end on this very dark season note. one no season two. Oh, okay season i wanted this to be the final and they ended it on a cliffhanger and i was like ah, fuck okay well <laughs> I hope that, unlike Stranger Things, where I loved this last episode, or the the finale of Stranger Things, I wanted that to be the end of the series. I don't feel like they could go out on a stronger note than they did. With Dark, I'm willing to sit through another season of this. Netflix does a lot of three-season arcs for some reason. Uh, whether they, they're actually arcs or not, I mean, three seasons and done. They've done yeah. that a lot of times, even with fairly popular ones. But I couldn't imagine Stranger Things will after they had the, what, the $40 million, 40 million person right. opening, whatever it was. Yeah, somebody on uh, last podcast on left, I forgot which one of them was going off on how much he loved Dark and how oh, good. great it is. So Good. Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things is a Netflix original in the purest sense. They're actually funding it yeah. and being made by... Dark is made by some German television series over there, and then Netflix is showing it as a Netflix original over here. Right. So, I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly how the seasons work in Germany, if it's like uh, if it's like Britain, where they <laughs> each get, you know, one year or two years, and that's it. Right. But yeah, yeah I love that show, man. You gotta start watching it. Let's keep the well, TV going here. Yeah, I decided to check out... Um, Critters, a new binge on Shudder, yeah. which is a web series that they have cobbled all the episodes together. And I mean, they're still showing it as a series, but then um, it, it just tells, you know, one basically 90 minute tale. Oh, okay. It's, it's not <laughs> horrible. It's okay. not good. It's it was written by uh, Jordan Rubin, who wrote Zombievers, which is oh, you oh, know surprisingly well, fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, that level of humor is not apparent in this. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, but I did like the fact that they used puppets for the critters. Oh, the critters are still. Yeah, that's they're good. all real animatronic puppets. <laughs> The storyline, yeah, pretty weak, but I still watched the whole thing, and, uh, and I was mostly satisfied. Is it as good as Critters? No. The, one of the weird, I don't know, we'll just call it a drunk purchase. <laughs> or like, what, what, what? I think it was, is Arrow or Screen Factory put out a box set? blu-ray remastered box set of all the critters movies yeah which i now own oh boy <laughs> like i don't know if i really wanted to own all of this but oh well <laughs> look cool sitting on the shelf <laughs> boy I, you know what i think well hey okay critters 2 directed by mick garris i think it's a much stronger script yeah. than the first critters nice uh, i don't think it's as good a movie but <laughs> i do think that it's a it's a more solid screenplay. That is um, that is a good movie. Way to go, Mick Garris. I know I shit on you on the last episode. 
but uh, I do actually love Critters 2. There you go. Three and four you can skip, man. Okay. And now the n- a new binge, and there is another Critters movie coming out after this now. Probably pass on that. Yeah. More TV? <laughs> uh, just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you still watching it? Are you oh, yeah. It? Yeah, I think they had one, what, it comes out Fridays or whatever, so I haven't watched. Wednesdays. Is it Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. Set the, set the DVR Who records. watches live TV anymore? Exactly. <laughs> I'm watching it on Hulu, so. And when it shows up, oh, new episode. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. I don't think I've watched the newest one. but uh, The last one I watched was with fake Coulson take Quake and May as his crew on the truck. Yeah, to, yeah. Did you see that one? Yes. Okay, so yeah. we're both caught up as far as that episode. Yeah. I think there's one more since then. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's still fun. It's, uh, it's weird the, the, the having the actor be there as a fake Coulson and yeah. I'm wondering if they're actually going to tie it into something to, his, to do but it doesn't seem like it. His history is so mysterious that I feel like they're going to reveal that it's actually our Coulson somehow. I hope so because otherwise that's just weird. But okay so <laughs> remind me if you know is this a full season that we're getting? Is this 22 episodes? No I don't think so. I don't think they do I don't think they've done 22 episodes for a while. Like okay so is this a half half Season because yeah. this is already season or episode six or seven. We're you know halfway through it, and it doesn't feel like there's enough time to tie up what's actually going on. Now, there will be the one more season, so who knows how they break that stuff down anymore, right? Especially when now that got their regular series where they're showing Green Arrow and Flash or whatever through this your normal quote unquote normal time, right? And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starts when that's done. So yeah, does that's that right. mean it's going to be? a shorter one because of that and then they'll bring it back I, yeah. you know what I would have loved the Hydra world season they were stuck in the computer program of, of Hydra basically taking yeah. over the world oh, I like that that was really good I, that was my favorite season I would have loved for them to give this you know two or three seasons to let us catch up with everybody and then stick you know them in this world for a full season so we could see the evil versions of everybody and just do that for a couple of seasons yeah. and make the end of the show them getting out of it or something like that I thought that was their strongest season well that's it for me as far as TV going and which actually that was a lot I don't get to watch TV very often and I packed a bunch in well there you go well, I've got, uh, well, it was a movie that uh, kind of unpleasant to watch, honestly. Oh. Talking about the, you know, the uh, exploitation films. It's a movie from 1982 called Island of Death. Not familiar. Has no ratings on Rotten Tomato. Mm. <laughs> Directed and written by William T. Nod, who's probably best known for, Bill, for a movie called Blackjack. Never heard of it. <laughs> Neither had I. Starring Marie-Elise Rakostner who had 83 episodes of Santa Barbara, 12 episodes on A Different World, which I think was that Bill Cosby spinoff show or something like that. Wait a second. No, Santa Barbara and A Different World, isn't that... That's soap opera. Well, Santa Barbara was, but I think A Different World was the... Uh, oh, it was? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Didn't watch it. Uh, Rick Dean, which is his first film, but he went on to do be in The Unborn and a whole bunch of TV. Stephen Tash, uh, the Ghostbusters guy that's being tested by Bill Murray... Oh, uh, (laughs) right. And he's in Christine. Jamu Williams. Sorry, this is Island of... I think I've got the wrong title on here. Because I watched Island of Blood and Island of Death. Oh, I don't know how you would get those two confused. (laughs) No kidding. 
Let's see. So before I continue, I'm going to make sure I'm talking about the right film. Nobody double checks us. <laughs> That's right. That or they probably sit there and go, okay, now at one point, will these idiots forget what they're talking about? I'm actually talking about Island of Blood. Okay. Talk about Island of Death sometime in the future. That, Man, this uh, is good podcasting right uh, now. Stuff that I watched last week when I was trapped in Twin Falls. So Island of Blood. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. Still directed and starring all the same people. <laughs> I got that correctly. <laughs> this one kind of borders on being something nice. It's a uh, film crew on a remote island doing a low-budget film. You know, normally you watch these films, film within films, and the idea is they're doing some other film, uh, horror film. Right. No, no, this one they're doing an inspirational film about a, a band or something that goes on to have huge success after their teachers or some shit. I don't remember. I'm looking at this cast of like five people in this film. Like, the hell movie are you trying to make here? This is kind of ridiculous. Is this still, I mean, you switch back and forth. Is this still from like 1982? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. That didn't seem like a, uh, yeah. a common trope back then. Yeah, not so much. There's a killer in it who is bound and determined to make, it's almost kind of found footage, I guess. It's, I mean, it's not shot like well, that. Well, we're not talking about that this yeah. episode. But it's not shot so. like that, so it's okay. not really. Right. But the, there's a killer on there who's basically stealing all the film gear and killing the people, so he wants to make a real-life snuff film that he can sell to somebody. Seems like there's easier ways to do that, but okay. Yeah. The weirdest thing on this film, you may not remember this film based on the title or my description, but if you've seen it, I guarantee you're going to remember it now. There's this strange little... I don't know if you remember the cassette players that are a little bit larger than the size of a cassette. Yeah. That you used to carry around by a little string you'd wrap around your wrist. Absolutely. Every time there's a killing, this tape recorder is there playing this awful freaking song on repeat. It took me about three kills to realize, because I probably wasn't paying that much attention at that point, that the lyrics change to be saying whatever he's going to be doing with the kill. Oh, that's kind of fun. Like it goes, stab, 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 stab. Like, what the, hell is this? the problem is the song is so irritating. The music is so, um, it's a small world after all, catchy, that you just like, stop playing this. And he does a lot of kills, so it shows up many times in the movie. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to hear this anymore. Like he uses a nail gun, so you know, so I've got Nailed it, nailed it. Is all this shit. <laughs> God damn. One of the more annoying characters in the film, and there's actually moments of pretty decent acting and stuff going on in this film. Uh, well, you know, a lot of them had a lot of work. Right. So for the final girl, they picked probably the most annoying character for the entire film. I go, hmm. I think you could have worked on building her character up to be a little more deep or something if you're going to have her be the last person left. Right. We're supposed to be rooting for that final yeah. girl. Yeah. No, it's more like at the beginning of the movie going, I hope you're one of the characters that dies early. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, you're going to be there the whole film. All right. So I would strongly not recommend Island of Blood. Wow. I liked where this was a long ways to go for this one, man. I hope that you really enjoyed it. <laughs> Also, I like how you put a pin on it with, I would strongly not recommend. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. I saw a movie called Trench 11. It's fairly new. Came yeah, out just a couple familiar. years ago. It's a uh, World War I horror story. Yeah. 
and I like my World War II horror stories, and it turns out that I, I guess I'm okay with my World War I horror stories as well, although this felt very much like any World War II horror story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it's they, they weren't all in trenches the whole time. They are, yeah, they are in trenches, um, and the Germans are doing some some nefarious stuff with uh, testing on humans. And uh, this time, it's the Brits who are um, the heroes. Although there is one American who we are supposed to be following, okay, who is a trench digger, um, which is kind of a specialized task. That does not seem like that would have been a fun thing to do in World no, War I. No, And they have to go, and um, there have been these rumors of these horrible experiments going on, and, and they need this trench digger to get them there and out. They're actually teaming up with the Germans, who have also realized, hey, we did some horrible shit, and we're going <laughs> to need some help, or we're all fucked. It's got a really cool cover with a World War One era gas mask and the um, the helmet and everything. It's really cool cover, and I was like, shit, I gotta see this. That never fucking shows up in the movie, wow, and that is yeah, that Hate is that. my biggest problem <laughs> with that. Um, it was directed by a guy named Leo Sherman, and he has done episodes of like Scare Tactics. Remember that sci-fi oh, channel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing really of note before that uh, you know and it's kind of slow moving and you know the effects look good and everything but at the end of it I still kind of liked it so I'm going to put it on as a recommend but it's not a it's not a strong heartily, recommend heartily recommend this <laughs> not if heartily. you've got nothing better going on not heartily but hardly hey, I'm hardly recommending there you it go. Shit. let's see how shall I call this one I hope you had a lot of scotch before you watched it <laughs> I watched the Shark and Sauce Women Prisons Massacre. <laughs> if you're going to say something bad about this film, we are no longer going to be friends. Uh, Ron Forbeck, who listens, also watched this based on my recommendation, and, and he said he couldn't get into it. So, I don't know. What's wrong with you guys? He had suggested a different movie yeah. after, uh, after being disappointed with that one. <laughs> And um, I was like, never mind, you're dead to me, Ron. <laughs> he had su- suggested uh, the Funhouse Massacre, which I'm not familiar with. And he didn't like 47 Meters Down and Deep Blue Sea that much. So oh, I, was I like, like both of those. Yeah. So I was like, you don't know your shark movies, if, especially I, I, if you didn't like Shark and Saw State Women's I would have loved Shark and Saw Women Prison Massacre if it had been 40 minutes long. <laughs> 40 minutes longer? Wow. Long. Period. <laughs> okay. All right. Because... But what would they have been able to cut out? Just <laughs> randomly turn on and off your edit button while you're watching the film. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Wow, okay. So I did make it through the whole thing. It is entertaining. <clears throat> there are entertaining moments. It's just kind of like I'm watching this going, reality goes out the window. So the idea that the ladies are never cuffed and nothing ever really matters and they do whatever they want at really any point in time. Mm. I actually kind of like the lead guy. The lead, what I call sh- nitpicking. The lead, <laughs> oh, I could go with broad strokes <laughs> if you prefer. The uh, I did like the, I thought the lead guy was kind of good. And the uh, Asian lady, I forgot her name. She was really good. Tracy Lords. That was Tracy Lords. No, the Asian lady. Oh, Asian. <laughs> oh, the, I thought you said the agent lady. Um, Tracy Lords made interesting choices i felt like maybe tracy lords didn't realize what movie she was in yes yeah and she was playing it pretty damn straight yeah and that other the guy that she was with 
was really familiar too. I didn't really bother to look up what else he'd been in, but yeah. Uh, and the lead guy you're talking about, I think that he just looks kind of familiar because I don't think he's been in anything. He oh, was but, he was a solid actor, but yeah. he kind of reminds me of uh, who's the guy that plays uh, Putty on Seinfeld and uh, oh. <laughs> the old voice of the Tick. He kind of reminded yeah. me of that guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have. Um, have gotten your hopes up high. I think I just said that I enjoyed it. I don't think I said that you'd enjoy it, Ron. Well, like I said, I made it all the way through that. So it was, there was something amusing about it. Well, I saw a big budget movie. Did you now? Yeah, finally available. And I decided to give it a shot. And I watched the new Hellboy. So, you know, this is, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is low. It's like in the low double digits. Uh, I think it's at 15% or something oh, like that. Geez. It does not deserve that. It's got David Harbour in it doing his very best impersonation of Ron Perlman. Probably a bad choice. It's, it's just like he sounds so much like him that it was like, wow, this had to be a choice because that's not what he sounds like. It's got Mila Jojovich in it who... She's made some very bad movies. This is not as bad as some of the movies she has made. <laughs> and this was directed by Neil Marshall, which hurts me to my yeah. soul. Yeah, no kidding. That was disappointing when I saw that he was the one directing that. I was like, oh. I guess he and David Harbour had some very loud onset arguments oh. <laughs> with David Harbour just walking off, basically saying, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. So a troubled production. Yeah. I watched the entire movie. I didn't love it, but I thought this movie would be absolutely fine if the first two Hellboy movies did not exist. <laughs> okay. I mean, we wouldn't think twice about this as a Hellboy movie. It would just be, um, you know, a so-so movie. It would not be 15%. It would be 60% or something like that. It's just that Del Toro kind of set the tone for the series. Now, that tone is not how the comic book series is at right, all. No. Del Toro set kind of a uh, whimsical mm-hmm. tone and humor and all that. Well, this hues very closely to the comic book. I realized I liked Del Toro's vision of the comic better than than the actual comic book. It, it's tough. Was like, oh, you're taking over a film series from Guillermo Del Toro. You're, you're a pretty. He's a pretty. Neil's a pretty solid director, but uh, you know, <laughs> Del Toro is one of the current masters i think working so yeah i mean i i don't know what they were thinking why they decided I, i'm guessing that del toro wanted too much money or maybe he's just yeah I, I i've got other shit i want to do i'll do this one if you finance in the mouth of man <laughs> right right maybe that's what it was maybe he had some kind of thing on there that said you know i'll do it if and they were just not willing to do that but even if that's the case why not keep the world going with a new director and yeah. ron perlman and it's just very Doug strange Jones and all that yeah, stuff, yeah there's there's a, a few things that were pretty good in this and if you are a fan of the comics uh lobster johnson actually makes an appearance oh, which is okay. cool otherwise it's just kind of a kind of a bore you know, that should, big budget action movie being kind of a bore, sort of. The latest Hulu Blumhouse yes. monthly thing, I forgot what it's called. After You're Dark or it before. Like that. Yeah. Did you see their new one, The Culture no. Shock with, by uh, Gigi Sal Guerrero? No. It's pretty good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's not terribly subtle. She's, <laughs> she's Mexican born and raised and... Wait a second. Is she the luchador? Yeah. Gal? Okay. Luchador. Luchador. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Solid director. She's always had a great vision. 
and uh, everything she makes looks fantastic. I was reading some reviews and stuff like that of it, and it sounds like I haven't, I still haven't seen any of the previous ones from this series. Oh, okay. But a lot of people were saying it's one of the better ones that's been in there, which either is nice praise or <laughs> right because <laughs> i well right well i you know i liked i can't remember the names of any of them i liked uh one of them before yeah so well, it's an interesting story of a pregnant lady trying to cross the u.s border problems she runs into there but then it almost becomes sci-fi-ish so there's a real wild tonal change that is uh what the hell is going on here <laughs> pays off nicely good acting solid it's a good it's a good film. This is one I will want to check out because you said it looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. And that has not been the case for the other ones. The other ones have all looked like uh, made-for-TV movies. This looks at times better than a made-for-TV movie, but I think at times exactly like a made-for-TV movie. But okay. I think that was intentional. Oh, okay. Because that, that sets. Some of it could be, what what she say, 16 days prep, two-week shoot? Yeah, Something I know that like that's that. a two-week shoot for all of them she's been such a fast worker on the shorts and stuff she does that I could see where she could pull that off. Nice. So yeah, I would say definitely check it out. I'm, I'm definitely going to. That was it for me for movies, and I know you've seen at least one more you should be talking about. Uh, what, Midsummer? Well, that's an interesting one. Let me paint the picture of where I saw it. <laughs> I saw this back in Twin. I'm like, okay, well, I've got that. Twin Falls. Twin Falls, Idaho. Idaho. Nobody knows what you're talking yeah, about when you say Twin. Short, shorthand. Unless somebody's listening that happens to be in Twin Falls, I know. <laughs> but uh, I looked up, and there's one theater in Twin that has, Twin Falls, <laughs> that has 13 screens. Wow. Privately owned, which I was like, man, that's kind of cool. Uh, it looks like any Regal or something like that. It's, a, it's fine. But I go there, and um, expecting very few people to be there on a late Sunday okay. night. And, uh, or Sunday afternoon at like 4. There's probably... 20, 25 people in there. Not too bad. And if you've seen the movie, you'd understand why at least some point it's a little strange to be sitting there as a guy alone watching this movie. <laughs> I feel weird. Especially with the people behind you making comments of, oh my God, this is so naughty. How can we be watching this movie? I'm like, okay, whatever. So it was kind of a strange viewing experience, which can impact how you see a film sometimes. I left the theater going, I was bored out of my frigging mind watching this film. Oh, wow. Not the response I expected. However, as I as sat and like thought about the film and erased the concept of watching it as by this guy who did Hereditary necessarily and thinking of it more as a Wicker Man style folk horror, more horror, it, I'd need to see it again. I, I think I will like it a lot more on a second viewing. It's, it's a little long and they're going to add more to it apparently with more, more violence and stuff coming. Two hours and 20 minutes, I think. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, so it is definitely long. And he does... The, the scene in Hereditary that will probably keep me from ever watching the movie again was when... Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Is when the um, mother finds out that her daughter's dead. Yeah. And that scene of her screaming was like... he does, and There's a scene kind of like that in this one. And he does that so horrifyingly well. It's just hard to watch people in grief in his films. Yeah. And this has at least two scenes that are kind of like that. It's like, stop, man. You're killing me. It's well-directed. It's well-acted. It's uh, a well-told tale of a very strange cult. It doesn't particularly break any new ground. 
as far as the cult stuff goes. I didn't think that Hereditary broke any new ground no. either. It was just a good, solid, depressing yeah. horror movie. <laughs> exactly, yes. This is one I'm definitely going to watch again. Well, I had the same thing with Babadook. First time I watched Babadook, it annoyed the crap out of me. Right, I remember. And you said, dude, watch it again. It's a great film. <laughs> so, and I think that's going to be my reaction to this one, where it's like, okay, I think I watched this in the mo- wrong mindset and in the wrong crowd. Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear. You know, our buddy Rick, he loved it. Yeah. And then I think it was Matt who was saying he was so-so on it. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that you were bored, but that it stuck with you. I'm, I'm not yeah. hearing anything that makes me want to see this, to be honest. I've heard that it's excruciatingly slow. Sort of. I mean, it's, it's slow, but I've watched a lot slower films that have been good. Yeah. I, yeah I'm a little wondering, like, really? You're going to add another 30 minutes into this? What are you going to hey. add? Does it need more violence? I mean... No, it doesn't. I mean, that's just a, that feels like weird horror fan service. It's got some pretty grim, gross stuff in it already. Huh. It's not a story. It's not this kind of story that needs blood and violence. I think I'm going to wait on this one. Um, it's not a genre I particularly care for. I mean, I do like the original Wicker Man. I like Hot Fuzz. That's about <laughs> it. I like films like this where it's like, okay, it really didn't work for me. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see when I watch it again. But I absolutely understand why a lot of people would love the hell out of it. Yeah. Or hate the hell out of it. Hmm. It's good art. Well, cool, man. Uh, would you call it a psychological horror film? You could. A way to help me segue into taking a break <laughs> so that we could come back and talk psychological horror films. Man, this episode is just a shit show. <laughs> Hold on for more. <laughs> spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. A one, a two, a three, four, five, a six. Six! Surprise! It's Six Finger! It looks like your finger, but watch him flip. It's a secret weapon at your fingertip. Just point and fire. Six Finger sends an SOS missile to your friends. Six Finger! Six Finger! Six Finger! Fires cap loaded bombs and they explode as a ballpoint pen and signals in code. Looks like a finger so no one can see who has Six Finger. Me! 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 
shoots rockets that burst and bombs that explode and writes with a pen and signals in code, shoots message missiles and watch them go. And it looks like a finger and how will they know? Here's how to get it on the card right there. Less than two dollars everywhere. Six finger, six finger, man alive. How did I ever get along with five? And we're back. Hey man, let's talk a little bit about I, I'm guessing that you had some other choices also, some runner ups in this. And let's talk a little bit about what those might have been first. I didn't watch too many of them. I didn't either, okay. but I, I had something in mind when I first suggested this, and I, of course, did not go with that at all. That, yeah. And that was the film uh, Session 9. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's a really great film, but I think that it gets talked about a lot. Oh, it does, yeah. it's It seems to be one of those, you know, there's always that top ten list of movies you haven't seen. Right. There's a lot of variety in those, but that one seems to be on every damn one of them. Yeah. And like, well, people have seen it now. <laughs> and I, you know what I hate about those lists is they're written by horror fans, but I'm like, who who are you writing this list for? Because every horror fan has always seen these top ten films right. you haven't seen. Got to so. get some unusual, really weird ones. Yeah. Well, I had uh, Frailty was one I oh, considered. Boy, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's a really damn good film. That one's, you know what we need to do? We need to do a topic on um, overlooked and underappreciated or something like that. Because that's a film that I think is overlooked. Yeah. Definitely. Hard Candy. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good is, one. Uh, uncomfortable. I thought about um, Possession. Mm. Uh, that one's, you know, really, uh, that's a descent into madness kind of film with some Lovecraftian shit at the end. And, and, and uh, oh, shit. What's his name? The actor in there. Um, oh, right. Uh, oh, boy. It's right on the tip of my tongue. From In the Mouth, Mouth of, madness of Madness and, and uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, a couple others, but I think they might end up on other lists. I had thought about that cool John Cusack movie, Identity. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> Was that one of yours? On I've, I've just read Identity, Identity. I can't think of what it is. So I'm not going to mention it. Okay. But yeah, that is, yes, that one was really good. I like that one a lot. 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think, is yeah. a really solid one like that. The ending kind of shits the bed. Otherwise, I like that. Well, okay, let me talk about what I did choose then. And since I chose this topic, I get to go first. I chose a kind of hard-to-find movie. It is called Mr. Frost. Who is Mr. Frost? No one has been able to turn up the slightest clue regarding Frost's identity. There's no official trace of him anywhere. What has he done? And in two years he hasn't uttered a single word? Frost is not mentally ill, Dr. Day. I'm not afraid of him. It used to be simple. Good on one hand, evil on the other. There was a struggle. But then you came along, the scientists, the geniuses. What do you want from us? What do you want from me? I want, I must, reveal to the world your impotence in the presence of the age-old power of the wild side. Call evil by its proper name. Mr. Frost. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just, I quit. Um, Mr. Frost from 1990. 
this is a really hard to find movie. I loved it the first time I saw it in 1990. Yeah, I remember it. Remember that one big time. Yeah. And I had a video cassette copy of it. And when I decided I wanted to upgrade a DVD, nowhere to be found. Just recently, I guess a French company has put out a bare bones Blu-ray of it. Oh. You have to buy it as an import. Not right. available over here. Um, it's got a Rotten Tomatoes rating. The critics gave it 40%. The audience really? gave it 62%. Huh, okay. Directed by Philippe Setbon and written by Derry Hall, neither of which really went on to do much afterwards. Well, it wasn't exactly a success. <laughs> no, I could find zero information on the box office or the budget. You know, So you can watch this in its entirety on YouTube. Wow. Or if you are more nefarious <laughs> you can find a halfway decent but much better than the YouTube version on torrent sites which is what I did to watch this again and I was really glad I did because I ended up fucking loving this movie all over again it's got Jeff Goldblum 1990 Jeff Goldblum yeah. I think this is him in his final form I think that he <laughs> starts becoming Jeff Goldblum in The Fly and yes. what was that movie you did with Cindy Lauper? Vibes or something oh, like that. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> because he starts getting his uh, his vocal mannerisms in that. Yeah. But yeah. In, in this one, he is suave and um, a little whimsical. And he's got his uh, uh, uhs in there. Fully ready for Jurassic Park. Yes, reveal. absolutely. <laughs> it's got Kathy Baker in it. Now, the only thing I know her from, she played the wife of Tom Skerritt in the TV show Picket Fences. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. that was a fun show. Yeah. And it's got Alan Bates, who went on to be in uh, The Sum of All Fears and The Mothman Prophecies and just a million other titles, mostly British stuff. Uh, the movie starts off with a couple of crooks on a motorcycle who are breaking into this nice home and they're going to steal some stuff and then they open the garage and there's this beautiful sports car in there and they open the door of the sports car and there's a dead person behind the wheel. And they flee the scene. That'll and, ruin the resale value. Right. Sorry. They flee the scene, and then the next shot is Jeff Goldblum. It's his house, and he's planting something in the garden, and Alan Bates, the police Moment officer. Of Isn't it Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. There you go. Probably. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is Jeff Goldblum. There you go. You're stuck in the Blum house. <laughs> I was stuck in the Blum house, yeah, because I call that Blum house. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> Let's start from the top. The movie I'm picking is called... Anyhow, Jeff Goldblum is... Um, Planting something, <laughs> something in his garden. Fuck it. I'm done with this. I had a, I took the a main character pill. is pointing this thing in his garden. Mr. Frost. Jeff Goldblum go. plays Mr. Frost. <laughs> and he is planting something in his garden the next day. And the police officers show up. And they say, hey, can we talk to you for a little bit? We caught a couple of guys here. And they uh, claim that there is a dead body in the car uh, here in the garage. And... and Mr. Frost is like, uh, oh, oh, the dead body. I just finished burying him in the garden. <laughs> and the police officer kind of says, you know, oh, this is exactly the response I expected to get. And Mr. Frost says, oh, you think I'm joking? The police officer says, well, I'd like to take a look at this body. And Mr. Frost says, I'm very busy today, maybe tomorrow. And so the cop says, all right, I'll come back tomorrow with a uh, warrant and a search warrant and all that. And and they dig up that body and like 19 others and they take him to an insane asylum. And this takes place sometime in the past because when we catch up to him, he is transferring 
institutions where he targets uh, Kathy Baker's character as a psychologist and the only one he will talk to. Ah, of course. He claims to be the devil. He wants to convince her, a woman of science, that he is the devil and that he is so bad that she needs to kill him. And he will look at this as a success if she kills him because it means he has convinced her that he is the devil. And to that end, a lot of very strange things start happening that feel supernatural or not. Or not. You can't oh, wow. really tell, but the the whole process, the back and forth between Jeff Goldblum and go. Kathy Baker is just really, really strong writing performed by two really strong actors. I don't understand this 40% rating from the critics, but I really don't understand 62% unless it's by fans who wanted more devil in their no. devil. Uh, this is a very subtle movie, and it can be slow at times, but if you're a Goldblum fan, it's, it's just all the stuff you love about him. <laughs> That's the one that... I, you know, I won't let you know how it turns out, but it, it's a very satisfying ending, I thought. You know, y you watch it for free on YouTube. It's, it's perfectly watchable on there. It's just not a It's like a VHS, quality. low VHS kind it of quality. Feels like a, it feels like it was ripped right off of somebody's VHS. Somebody who still has the VHS out yes. there putting it on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little stunning what you can get away with on it. YouTube I'm sometimes. guessing this is that thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago, oh, that, that gray, gray market, market yeah. where, you know, if it's not available anywhere else, they're not going to really come down hard on it. Yeah. Hopefully with the current resurgence of everybody loving Jeff Goldblum, that somebody will reach back into that catalog. I was a little stunned that I had to search this hard for it because mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is an excellent chance for me to now pick it up on Blu-ray or something. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I remember that film. I remember liking it, but I just disappeared yeah. was it a canon release <laughs> it was not a canon release it's some french company well all right well i went with one that is um a little better known but still not appearing as often as i expected when i started looking for it i thought it was gonna be like session nine but it wasn't quite <laughs> so i was like all right which is a 2009 film called triangle you know what i do when i have a bad dream close my eyes and I think of something nice. So let's go sailing. Get below deck now. Get the life jacket. Yes, I remember this one. Yeah, that's a uh... That, that one's ratings with an 80 for the critics and 66 by the crowd. I go with the critics definitely on this one, obviously, because I'm picking it. It did do not a lot of business. It was 1.3 million in the U.S., so it was probably more of a... It was made in Australia, so it was probably more U.K.-Australia production. So it was probably Must art house release. And limited then release. Did it say what the budget was? Video, 1 no, million? couldn't find that mm. for sure. It was written and directed by Christopher Smith, who's done Severance and uh, Black Death. Oh, a couple I've of his seen films. both of those. Yeah. Uh, starring Melissa George, who's been in a lot of stuff, but uh, Lonely Place to Die, 30 Days of Night, and one of my classes for how to be a good editor film called The Limey. 
Oh, yeah. Just, if you want to know how to edit like a badass, watch that film, man. And uh, Michael Dorman, who's in Daybreakers and Sleeping Beauty, that recent Sleeping Beauty weird film that I haven't seen, but looks very creepy. I was glad because I, I was looking at Triangle going, man, I'd love to talk about this at some point. I have no idea how to categorize this film. And then you said psychological horror. I was like, that will fit. <laughs> I think this would have worked well in a couple of different genres. It fits well in a lot, but not great in a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, could, you could shove a lot of things onto this and it can slide off of them just as well. A young mother who is a um, child with, uh, I'm assuming, some form of autism. She's going out with a bunch of friends on a uh, fishing thing. Yeah, on a big yacht, right? Yeah, and she has to be back in time to pick her kid up from school and stuff like that. And the movie starts out with something wrong with her. And it's very obvious something's bugging her. That's right. Uh, The rest of the people are kind of like, well, what's going on? Why is this a problem? It messes with your mind really well. As in you're kind of... Because you don't know what's going on in this film a lot of times. And there are moments of reveal it's hard to talk about in a lot of ways to talk about this film without really blowing it up yeah let's not do um, too many spoilers on this because this is one if you haven't seen you really should see yeah and you should see don't watch a trailer just just go watch it it's available several platforms i believe I'm yeah sure it's easy to find it's bleak and it's really freaking dark the acting is amazing the twists are weird sometimes infuriating frustrating it's like what can you do to change this or fix this? And when you think things are going right, you may be completely wrong or you may be right. I mean, it does a great job of just piling on with the, what, what, what? what? It builds a really nice, I mean, it builds really nice tension, but it's mm-hmm. this kind of, um, this kind of dread because you know that at, at a certain point you're, oh, okay, well, you cannot fix this. Right. You're fucked now. <laughs> yeah. So, or, hold on. Oh, maybe you did fix this. <laughs> no, wait. Maybe you didn't. God damn it. And uh, the way they reveal what's going on sometimes is incredibly powerfully well done. Yeah. Um, like, I'll, I'll just beep this out so you won't hear it <laughs> on the podcast, but Kelly will. That's right. Oh, man, you're making me want to watch this again. <laughs> but, uh, and Melissa George holds the movie. She is really really excellent in the role i completely um, forgot that was her all i really know her from i mean forgot she was in limey also yeah, um me too. all i really know her from is 30 days a night which i don't love yeah so. no, that, she's done a lot of stuff she's almost like a character actor yeah well, let's see is what else can i say well it's shot on, oh it's got a few moments of really rough effects though where you're like, oh, shot this in a bathtub, did you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. They're brief enough that it doesn't really Is that like exteriors of the boat kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do remember thinking, oh. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> the shark never looks real, but that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of leave it at sort of a short comment on this one, largely because uh, I don't want to say right. too much about it. And I would say don't read about it. Don't watch a trailer about it. Just go watch it. Enjoy. Triangle. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. This is a genre that I think has so much in it that we could probably hit this one again sometime in the future and and come up with two completely different types of movies Mm -hmm. that, that also fall into it. Oh, yeah. So, But speaking of uh, future episodes, that means that you need to pick a genre for us. I do. And I've got apocalyptic films. Ooh. Apocalyptic films. Okay. 
I mean, do we want to do the usual thing where we pick out a couple and go, don't, don't talk about Mad Max, Fury Road, or... I was just going to say, um, we, are you post-apocalypse, or... Oh, the post-apocalyptic, because okay. we did the end of the world one. Well, like, no, that was disaster movies. But yeah, more like post-apocalyptic. So, so after yeah. something has, yeah. has happened. Okay, post-apocalyptic films. All right, people, that is your homework for the next episode. Hey, you guys. Really, really appreciate all the kind words yeah. and the messages and the suggestions and the rating and reviewing us and recommending us to your friends and everything. We have zero advertising budget, so every time yeah, we get a right. new listener, I'm like, oh, that's because this guy, Ron Forbick, mentioned us or because Danny Williford said something and, and reshared our post. So I really appreciate that, you guys. Um, you can find us at strangeonsradio.com. And you can listen to the episodes right there or listen to them on SoundCloud, which I, you know, I'm not on very often, but I just realized that you can comment on yes. SoundCloud yeah. during the episodes and then we can see what the comments are. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're right here in your ears. Hello. Which is where we will be next week with post-apocalyptic films. Thanks so much, you guys. <laughs>